0: Oh, hamburgers. I do like hamburgers. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV,
1: superheroes. It's Superhero Slate, oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out.
0: My name is Chris Dillard, and my name is Mike Royer. And this week we're talking
1: about the rise of premium on-demand videos.
0: Premium on-demand, P O V D. I had to double-check that acronym earlier today just to make sure what it's what it was supposed to be. <laughs> well, I guess it's
1: premium <laughs> VO, video on-demand, but yeah. you know, whatever. We we all get it when I mean, you see V O D versus P V O D. Um, DC's Fandom is looking to be the next big Comic Con, Mike. Yeah kind of kind of nice. I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, uh-huh. Superhero video games are on the rise. On the rise. And more. And more. It seems I used weird. Rise in here twice, didn't I? <laughs> I, I, need, I need to change this around. Well,
0: that, that, that's funny because uh, uh, what, what I didn't realize was uh, like two, I think it was like two Comic-Cons ago, which is technically three years ago, was mm-hmm. when Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles aired on Nickelodeon. And oh, yeah. I remember seeing it for the first time When we were in downtown San Diego, this was the year before you came out, and we were like getting pizza at a pizza place, and the the pizza place had a couple TVs up. Uh, One of the TVs was showing one of those like weird cable channels where all they do is just play viral videos on repeat. Um, which I don't have cable and I didn't know that existed so I learned that that was a thing that night but then if I turned around I saw that the one TV had Nickelodeon on and it was airing Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I was watching it and I was like wow this is like really freaking cool like this animation and this style is just like really frenetic and I'm really loving it and mm-hmm. then over the last two years a lot of uh, the animation Twitter uh, was sharing a lot of clips from the show because they were doing some crazy stuff that was basically on par with like very high octane anime over on like Nickelodeon with uh, TMNT which I thought was really really rad and also of course this is right off of the heels of like those quote unquote Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies which I'm the only one that actually liked them so I, I just wanted more turtles in my life um, and I, w- I was kind of sad to see that the last episode of the series aired, I think, on Friday. So it only really it only, I didn't it know o- it was that
1: close to being over. Yeah, older.
0: it only went for like two seasons, but I think if you look at the episode order, it might only be a season and a half, unless they extended no, it, the episode runs. Like maybe the, instead of like splitting it into two parts, it was one episode. You know?
1: Well, there there are thirty nine episodes. It says. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first season was was a half season but they are 211 minute each episode is 211 minute segments mostly yeah it's always hard to
0: track this stuff when they split yeah. it into segments um but i was sad to see that it's kind of that the the series is kind of over because it never came to streaming like not once like when the second season was airing i couldn't stream the first season it was only ever um just like normal like boring like Cable television, and I was bummed that I never got to watch it. But the the only kind of like saving graces, they're still make, making the the quote unquote feature film that's going to Netflix. So I'm kind of curious, uh, maybe once that lands on Netflix, maybe in a year or two, if the rest of the season, the rest of the series will land there too. So this is just a, a uh, this is just like a weird shout out, riffing on Chris's word Rise. That uh, if you have the ability to watch Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, go check it out because from what I've seen, it's freaking crazy
1: well i think i think uh I'm, I'm typing it in here to just watch because you know that that's what we do but i mean i, I was thinking rise of skywalker which you know i think compared to this this title might be um a uh, little little looked down upon because of the, <laughs> that but it looks like um oh you can get both the seasons on fubo mike <laughs> fubo you know? oh man
0: i had to i just uh, i just removed the fubo channel from my roku stick today because i was like oh i remember when i put fubo on here for the free trial to I don't know. I probably watched the Super Bowl. I don't remember what that... I don't remember exactly it, what it was it I was watching. probably had something
1: real, you know, niche for a while there. Mm-hmm. But, but um, uh
0: but you know what uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will never die in any incarnation. Uh, it's it it's pretty much like a uh, Spider Man cartoons. Uh, you know on uh, Disney XD or whatever they're gonna be on in the future. Uh, they run for a couple seasons and then they just reboot it in a different fashion. So I wouldn't be surprised um, since uh, Seth Rogen and his uh, production company are making the next kind of TMNT feature film. That's gonna be CG, I believe. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that possibly rifts into a television show because that seems to be par for the course. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about what Gotham mm-hmm. being riffed off of in um, the Batman movie that's coming out, and I think we have another yeah. potential series we're talking about. So maybe that's just going to be what happens in the future. All movies just filter back down again until uh, into TV shows, much like Agents of the Shield kind of was. Those are like through. We're we're talking that's segueing into like three topics that we're not even into in the news already.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dan, Mike, <laughs> save some news for the regu- rest of the show. Would you For a little bit, I'm here. blowing
0: all. I uh, see, I'm blowing all my segues at the yeah. top of the show because I'm like two thirds into this Red Bull right now. So mm-hmm. the caffeine is really well, starting to rise. I'm on it right now. I'm like at rise, ne- yep. <laughs> yeah, rise of the Red on, Bull. I'm like on the needle's edge. I'm like the. I'm on the tip of Donatello's sword right now.
1: Um, uh, Donatello actually had a staff.
0: Wait no, uh, Leonardo. Right? Leonardo had some Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just a, I'm a Michelangelo stand because i been. You are
1: caffeinated. I, like I've Michael always been Michael a Mikey man. man. Woo! Yeah, I, I can tell because you are Mike. <laughs> yeah, like the name lines up. It's very, very. Yeah, fitting. especially
0: when you're a child, people draw that line very easily. Like, wait a minute, your name's that. That character's name that. All right, well there you go. And, you must love this show.
1: And and I know for a fact that Mike loves pizza. Like you love pizza as oh. well, like an Ninja turtle.
0: <laughs> I love pizza. Yeah.
1: Oh, who doesn't love pizza, Chris? It's true. I had pizza last night. I uh, I, I some people may or may not know. I, I, Chris, Chris, what?
0: <laughs> uh, just be careful when you're talking about pizza on the show, because when we get too far into it, people run out and buy their own pizza because we make it, them hungry.
1: It's true. Well, we've got we've got snacks coming next week, Mike. I've got snacks for the show next week that people <laughs> don't know about yet, and but you do. This this is actually something you know about ahead of time. So we've got snacks we'll review on the show next week. I've got my own Red Bull here, um, and I had pizza last night. Some people may may not know. Um, my my aunt um, passed recently, and uh, we were uh, her services were this weekend. So I've been traveling back and forth. So I haven't had a lot of time this week uh, to to watch anything, sadly. But I did play some games this week, which Ooh, is what yes we're we going to talk about later. But I want to give you into the corn stream because you've got uh, what looks to be um, a big reveal for us. You're a pickle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, come on over to the corn stream corner. The beanbags, they're still here. They didn't go anywhere. So Mm -hmm. please uh, plop down and we're going to kick it off with uh, two movies, if you will. Uh, Chris has not catched the first one that I'm going to talk about here. It's a brand new release on HBO Max called An American Pickle, uh, starring Seth Rogen, and uh, if you were unaware, like I was until a couple days ago, this film was actually based off of a short story that I believe uh, debuted in the New York Times. If it wasn't the New York Times, it's like the New Yorker, one of those New York publications. uh, They have adapted a short story, and I have to say, I really dug... The first thirty minutes of this film, the the premise is really strong. I don't know how close it is to the short story that I, they adapted, but I was really I was really digging this kind of old worldly character that Seth Rogen uh, was playing. Uh, unfortunately, it like kind of gets like bogged down by some. Uh, Michigan in the middle, and I only say that because this is an extremely like Jewish movie, and uh, it's okay if I say that because I was watching, uh, I was listening to Mark Maron's podcast where him and Seth Rogen were talking about the film, and Mark Maron, who's also Jewish, said, "Wow, this is an extremely Jewish movie." So uh, it's also uh, pretty funny in parts, but it does get a little bogged down in the middle of the film, and uh, it's okay. I, I it kind of feels like a film that went direct to streaming maybe they kind of lucked out that it didn't go to theaters but after all if you already have HBO Max or you know HBO you don't have to pay for it anyway and it's just kind of nice getting something new in the streaming uh, bits but uh, Chris hasn't seen it yet so I'm not going to reveal too much but um uh, I think I prefer I, I preferred a uh, long shot if I had to compare it to another okay. recent uh, Seth Rogen film. Uh, long shot I think was a little bit more uh, entertaining in my point of view, but mm-hmm. I think Long Shot is also on HBO, so you could just watch them back to back if you wanted to. It is um
1: is that the one where he's a speechwriter? Yes, Charlie he's
0: Theron? a speechwriter. Uh, speech speechwriter Charlie Sarin's in the mix. It's actually pretty funny, and it's yeah. like a nice little uh, rom com too. If you need something, need something to watch
1: with your significant other. He's, he's, uh Seth Rogen's coming back, man. All, a preacher and the boys and all this good stuff. so
0: Yeah. So they're they Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> if you yeah. will. So he's, they're doing Hopefully. a lot of stuff. They're doing a lot of stuff over there. So that's An American Pickle. Uh, and then, uh, unfortunately, uh, we watched It Chapter 2 yesterday, which I've been meaning to watch for a while now. I saw the first It Chapter 1 uh, streaming as well on uh hbo and the first one uh much like the first half of the book as people have said uh in the past is the the stronger story to begin with so uh this second chapter uh does not really live up to the entertainment value that's in chapter one i was pretty let down and um I watched it with my wife, who kind of watched it out of context because she's never seen um, It Chapter One. So I was just mm-hmm. kind of filling her in like, okay, that's James McAvoy. He was this character. <laughs> that This is Bill Hader. He was he was the kid from Stranger Things in the first one, uh, but you didn't see the first one, so it doesn't matter. But there's flashbacks, so that's why you're seeing these young kids. And uh, Bill Hader uh, has a great performance in it, so he, he's fun to check out. But it's almost like identical to the first movie. Like uh, you bring all the people back to the – back to this little town. They all go on their separate little fetch quests like they're in a video game. They have kind of like these near-death situations with Pennywise the Clown, and they group back together, go into the sewers, and then fight the clown again. It's just like, I feel like I'm watching the same movie, but now all the all the kids are adults, so it was a big bummer. And my wife, who uh, self-proclaims herself as a scaredy cat and hates scary movies, was not scared like at all during this movie. She was like, this movie wasn't even scary, so mm. uh, I I don't think I can recommend it chapter two. Well, uh, but if you're a completionist, you you kind of gotta watch it, right? Well,
1: yeah, I think they've already done it. I think if you've watched the first one, the first one, I mean, I think was just an un, you know, a surprise hit, a surprise, yeah. you know, take, take away, and then I think two tried too hard, is from uh, you know what I what I would walk away with that. But um, it's still, you know, I remember. <laughs> watching the trailer for that before Toy Story 4 because they forgot to switch movies over. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's that's my It Chapter 2 story. Yeah, so uh,
0: hard recommend there. But uh, the most frustrating thing uh this weekend was something that probably shouldn't frustrate a grown man as much as it did is there's this uh nature show that just dropped on netflix called tiny creatures so you know we're browsing through our netflix uh categories and we see something called tiny creatures there's a cute little kangaroo mouse on the front cover and we're just like oh my gosh this thing looks so cute let's watch this nature show where all we're gonna see is like tiny little cute creatures or maybe like weird little looking bugs this is going to be a great little macro uh, look at at uh, at our backyards and stuff like that. So uh, we hit play and we start seeing like you know how like nature documentaries kind of stitch together their footage to tell a little bit of a story, right? So yeah. we're watching the story of like this little uh, kangaroo shrew or mouse that lives in the desert and we're just like wow this looks really good like the the camera like i'm sure this is in 4k if we had a 4k television the the shots are beautiful crisp precise but then we start looking at the staging and we're just like this none of this looks real and then like they introduce like a snake and they're just like wait are we about to watch this snake eat this cute little shrew like wow this is a really crazy shot that they were able to get in this nature show but then like they're doing these weird cuts between the shrew and the snake and the snake strikes in slow motion but we never see it hit the mouse and it just cuts away i'm like what is happening here this seems very fake so i paused it Immediately, and we're only like two minutes into this, and I go to look up articles, and this entire show is fabricated. It's written, it's storyboarded out, and apparently, it's this nate this really famous um, like uh, nature documentary maker who's worked on like Planet Earth or any of those like planet shows, and he's making it like literally in his backyard studio. I guess he has these animal wranglers like bring these animals in. He sets up these sets in his backyard studio because. Because the opening shot you see like this desert scene and it's just like well this seems like there's a lot of just random cans and there's like a tractor wheel this all seems very tight and compact none of this looks organic and uh he just kind of like puts these animals in the set and he records them none of them are ever like in danger it's not like he put like a a shrew and a snake and had them battle out and he recorded it like he just kind of put he just kind of stitches it together so i can appreciate the creativity of making content during a pandemic because i guess he he shot it over the summer uh, almost by himself but it's just the total antithesis to what a nature show is supposed to be where you send a fool into the wilderness for like two years in a cabin with a camera and then he gets like four seconds of like a rare animal you've never seen before and then he packs up and goes home and they throw that into episode four like you know the forest season or the forest episode so i I got very uh i got very um, uncontrollably angry that i was like oh this is all staged i'm not watching this garbage so uh i don't know if you got kids that don't know any better and they just want to see tiny little animals yeah uh, watch uh tiny creatures but they just force this very odd, bizarre narrative and this all fake stage stuff. So, uh, so that's the corn stream corner. Three sing, three things that kind of uh, gradually made me more and more upset as I watched them. So, uh, you,
1: yeah, you sound like you didn't have a, a lot of win well, here. Just kind of like an average kind of well, the watching week.
0: Chris, I mean, I'm gonna have to show my hand here a little bit. But the bigger, biggest problem was at the beginning of the week, I finished something absolutely amazing. Wow. And it was all okay. down. It was all downhill after, like I think maybe Tuesday evening. And Tuesday evening. Uh, so, yeah.
1: so that's going to jump into our first thing here because we have um, we talked a little bit <laughs> briefly about it last week because I mean mm-hmm. you'd watched the first I think episode or yes. two, and I'd already finished the series and you didn't know that because I didn't tell you um, because <laughs> we don't talk about we don't talk about reviews beforehand. But we're going to jump into the Umbrella Academy season two review. Yeah. Now, this mini- we will let you know when there are spoilers here, um, and, and uh, we'll, so you can jump ahead. Or if you haven't watched it, you should just stop right now, go watch season one and two if you're not, and, and watch it because this is um, I, again, this is a show that's going to go down in history as probably one of Netflix' be- one of better shows, um, uh, original it's, shows. It's great. I, I think it's. I think the show is so effective
0: that this thing can really kind of push back that. Push back that three-season limit that Netflix has self-imposed to all of these shows. So uh, obviously, I think it's I, has it been officially confirmed for a, a third season?
1: No. So that that's the other thing. You know, Umbrella Academy has not been confirmed for a third season yet. But um, you know, they would who, be who knows? fools. <laughs>
0: they would be absolute fools if we did not get a well, third season of this show.
1: Exactly. And the boys just got a third season renewal before the season two even. Um, Dropped, and I think that's his biggest competitor. You know, at this point, Um, you know Amazon's uh, comic book adaptation. That's not technically a Marvel or DC thing versus uh, Netflix. So Mm -hmm. I I agree. I think they should 100% announce it sooner than later and and get to work on it. Um, But um, that's gonna bring us to some of the stuff. So season two review our hands are out in the open here we are we, we can't bluff anymore mike we we it sounds like we both thoroughly enjoyed season 2 of the umbrella academy oh yeah
0: uh, it's great what, i mean they just they uh, i just love how every character in in the umbrella academy uh, one through 7 right there's seven of, i i was always missing i was always missing i was always like taking count on screen i was like counting on my hands i was like okay who haven't we seen yet who's missing right now but uh, every character has like grown and developed and just become like uh, Hot As Klaus would say In one of the episodes Wow did we What did he say Did we all get hot Did we all get sexy Yeah um, So they all did Blow up <laughs> Yeah in, in, in every facet um, I think my favorite oh. thing Non-spoilery Is that number one Got kind of goofy and wacky and usually i kind mm-hmm. of don't like that in tv shows but it really worked for his character he he, beca- mm. he kind of became the comic relief in a lot of the scenes that he was in which is just great because he's such like a big lug and he was so serious in the first season that he yeah. he just uh, it, it just really worked for me so uh, yeah ev- everything about this season was great
1: well, I'm going to tell you. There's two things I really enjoy, and you bring up one that ties into your here that every character truly stands out on their own. Mm-hmm. Like there's no really overlap in characters or arcs. Like they're all very, very unique. Um, and 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 you know there are standouts. Like again, to me, much like season one, um, number five and Klaus really stand out characters in, in this ensemble cast. Um, what I also enjoy is that they reduce the runtime of every episode. Um, by like ten minutes compared to like a normal thing. So binging this show, and I, I'm not a huge fan of binging, felt really, really good because it there's no filler episodes, there's no slowdown. It starts fast and it does not stop until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is you know a sign of like if you can't put down a show and you like, eh, what's another forty minutes? That's that's a sign that I'm I'm really involved in this and and really um, invested in, in the show and. um yeah, I, I don't, I don't, it's hard to say without spoilers because this is such a. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a, th- a good show that I want to talk about these details, but I don't want to do yeah. without ruining it for somebody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we should jump into spoilers right now. Talk about all the all the nitty gritty things that we loved in season two, and then obviously check the time codes if you haven't finished mm. season two yet. Jump jump to our next topic where we're going to be talking about Agents of Shield. Uh, so let's uh, let's d- let's jump okay. into it. This is the spoiler free zone, yeah. or, uh, or not spoiler free. Spoiler filled, spoiler included zone.
1: Spo- <laughs> So, um, first of foremost, before I forget, the end of this sets up the Sparrow Academy. Yeah. Which, in, which is the recently <laughs> announced fourth volume of the comic book, which is not written yet.
0: Yeah, and I have to thank you. The only reason I even knew about it, because you brought it up to me the other week when we were talking, that there is a new book coming out, and uh, Sparrow Academy was thrown in there. I had no idea what it was. So when that's kind of tagged in to the very last uh, scene of this season, I was just like, oh, Chris told me about that. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and um, a fun fact is there are actually 43 sparrows hidden throughout season two. Oh, really? Yep, and, and, and uh, all in, in the episodes, 43. Oh, so, like the animal, like the bird, the sparrow. Yeah, the, yeah, the birds, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, sorry. Um, and, well, I think there's also maybe a few icons as well, but mostly the birds. So they're they're teasing this because in this show, uh, you know, season two, season one ends, they jump back. They jump back in time. They don't tell us where they're going. We'll come to find out they're in 1963, what, a week before JFK gets shot. And... Um, all the, all the, all the siblings came back at different time in the same alleyway, but in different years. So some Mm -hmm. have been there, what, three years. I think, I think Klaus has been there the longest at three years. And then, you know, there's Allison and, and Luther and, um, Diego and Vanya and, um, Fives. And then, um, Ben, of course, the ghost came back with, with Klaus. Uh, and I will tell you, I, um... I really enjoyed Diego's arc in this one series this season more than last yeah. one because I think we talked last week like, you're like who's Diego and what does he do um, well this season he definitely is like one of the main characters um, kind of pushing you know I think I think Luther maybe took the took the hit a little bit being the 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 muscle yeah in the yeah he in the... kind
0: of had he had the least amount of, i would say development but uh diego was my favorite character throughout the whole season klaus is always yeah. an enjoyment to see him kind of manipulating yeah. and moving through uh the moving through kind of the 1960s with his cult but yeah i was really digging uh diego uh his whole look kind of improved too like he had that like long hair and the goatee and like i was really feeling the vibe of everything that he was doing uh i love the banter where uh five finds him in the nut house and just decides to yeah leave him there because you forget that like 5 is the most pragmatic of the umbrella academy like he'll do whatever he needs to do to get the job done so he's just like yeah it makes sense to leave my brother in this insane asylum cuz like he can't escape and it'll let me do what i need to do
1: yeah and and um it's, it's like one of the things like he's got like what do you say he's like you're batman but you know not as cool kind of thing is what <laughs> he called him early on which which was a pretty pretty fun jab at him and um he's got that hero complex the whole point of him he's he wants to save his goal is to save jfk um in, in this timeline and um he you find out that the handler from the last season um who got shot in the head actually lived and mm-hmm. it comes to be the the bad guy and i think that the, the the inclusion of her makes me the, the i think hurt a couple things first and foremost um i would have loved to see more agency um agents if you will the, mm-hmm. the time agents and also uh, the fish guy um the fishbowl guy i thought that was a really cool effect and the fact that he smoked through his uh, (laughs) suit in the fishbowl i'm like i wish he would have been the bad guy um but i i i i I mean and then the introduction of what's her name i can't think of the the, um his uh diego's girlfriend
0: yeah i can't i can't quite think of her name off the top of my head either the daughter of the handler
1: the yeah the daughter of the handler who comes around is actually one of the uh the people born on october 1st one of the uh like the Hargreeves, she has abilities, the ability yeah. to copy abilities.
0: Yeah, I I, I I, said the same thing when we talked about the, the first season of the show, and I think I even brought it up again the last week after we kind of talked about our initial impressions after watching episode one, which is on paper, none of this stuff makes any sense. No one would ever <laughs> think that this would work in a TV show. Like, bam, we got time travel, we got superheroes, uh, we got all of this other stuff going mm-hmm. on, too. Very and niche
1: then, abilities.
0: Yeah, and not only did they lean into the time travel for this one, literally making it a period piece, they mm. also added in, I can't believe it, because I don't read the comic books. I didn't know this was coming. Their dad's a freaking alien. I mean, well, it was just like, it was wow, it was a surprise. Uh, who knows? Maybe he could be a mutant. He could be literally anything else. I don't know exactly what it's supposed
1: he, to be. He's an uh, alien in the comic books, and they kind of set it up at the end of last season, Uh, with the firefly jar that supposedly made all the people have the the babies. Yeah, Yeah. but we we never
0: really know the origin of it. And also in season one, we are kind of hinted that he's kind of He's been living longer than a normal human could, so you knew something was going on yeah. there. But it's just like, oh my God, this show is just. <laughs> this show will do anything, go anywhere, and nothing's off limits. And mm-hmm. it's just surprising that they can really make it work. Um, I think the only kind of things that I would kind of ding the show on are some things that I need a little bit more explanation for and maybe this is just with uh, dealing with time travel where, th- where things get a little bit confusing um, is uh, they need this briefcase, right? They need these briefcases mm-hmm. in order to travel where they need to go. But 5 has this ability to open portals to time travel and we see this happen when 5 is fighting his older version of himself, which is mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious because they have that what time paradox symptoms. Yeah, they, where they the, start-
1: the, the paradox <laughs> disease where they start going crazy oh angry. Yeah.
0: which is great and hilarious so once they kind of get to the point where he convinces his older self to go back to 2019 they open up this portal and i'm just thinking well can't five just open up a portal and take all of his family with him isn't that mm-hmm. just the best way to get out of 2019 um but then i was thinking oh maybe five is the only one that's allowed to go through these portals maybe maybe they need the briefcase to do like multiple travels mm-hmm. with people right I mean, I well, wasn't too sure what was going well, on there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think if you don't think about it's like Avengers time travel. If you don't think about it, it works. Kind yeah. Of like you don't want to. You want to break it down because you know maybe he could jump forward, but you know maybe that doesn't stop the apocalypse from coming, and he, they would just all be together in an apocalypse in the future rather than yeah, the world and and, kind of and
0: then when um. And then when Five makes the deal with the handler, like, oh, if you kill the board, I'll give you a briefcase. I'll send you back to 2019, and we'll make sure the apocalypse never happens. Well, they never really state how they're going to reverse the apocalypse. You know, I guess you just kind of assume that the handler and this time agency has the ability to undo it. But Mm -hmm. I would think probably what happens is they weren't going to undo the apocalypse. The handler was just trying to get Five out of the picture in reality. Yeah. I thought maybe there was one too many secret organizations uh, because you had the board members that they specifically said nobody knows who they are they meet at a very mysterious time in a very mysterious location and they control all of the goings on of this very secret time organization that lords over everything and then also you have this secret crew of people that the father from the Umbrella Academy is part of and they're pulling strings just you know in America and in world politics so you kind of have like these two mysterious organizations and it's just like we don't really learn that much about either of them and one of them is dispatched Uh, very quickly.
1: Well, the other Uh, one is they both are. Oh, yeah, because the the, the, the alien alien version of... Yeah, that's right.
0: (laughs) Well, we we are aware of that organization for a couple episodes uh, before they're all killed, so... You know, I'm not saying that's necessarily a huge negative, but it would have been cool to maybe explore those groups a little bit more. But I mean, overall, I was just I was just legitimately entertained every single episode. It's just a great thrill ride. You're kind of connecting the pieces of the past in your head of just like, oh yeah, what happened history wise in the 1960s? What's going on here? Okay, they're in Dallas. Uh, what's what's going on up in the Umbrella Academy? I yeah. thought it was cool that we got to see uh, number one take a bus back to New York. <laughs> to go uh watch his father basically entertaining people uh having a party in the old umbrella academy
1: yeah well I mean it, it's it's what I really enjoyed you know again about it is you know they, like you said they don't go anywhere all the characters have something kind of going on but you know at the same time like um you know I the vanya thing like her doing the apocalypse again kind of treading some stuff I'm glad she was able to learn her abilities but I'm like uh it, why does she always have to be the one the causes the apocalypse you know kind of thing even though she didn't blow up the world she just caused you know the u.s and russia had nuclear war a little earlier Mm -hmm. um and then um at, at the same time um with that it just it was a very clean cut i think i hopefully maybe that the the ability for people like how did vanya give someone else her powers if that was rather convenient for the, yeah, and, the, it, the, the child. and it
0: looks and it looks like uh, the the whole power giving situation was not totally undone. Yeah. The kid still seems to have some sort of power, mm. uh, kind of leaning. So I guess that could have affected the future. One thing could, yeah, he could what, be in it. One thing that I'm happy to see is the the time-traveling bits are great. They're very entertaining. They're so fun. I like to see how they play with time. But it does seem that Season 3 is set up to do something different. It seems like we're going to stay in our own timeline. Uh, They have been messing with time for the last two seasons. So I feel like the characters are really going to feel the weight. Of we can't always be going back in time to fix things like we, we, more right. than likely we're gonna mess things up well, so we're gonna have to stay in 2019 we're gonna have to deal with what we've wrought back in the 60s and we're just gonna have to push forward and I guess figure out what the hell the Sparrow Academy is
1: right well it's an alternate universe apparently these are not the regular umbrella academies their dad's alive mm-hmm. um, and Ben is also alive looking very very straight out of my chemical romance as well, <laughs> with these shadow um, disclosed people um, uh, which is going to be interesting. I really liked that they were able, there's a lot of callbacks to season one in this. Um, like uh, again, uh, Luther eating all the food um, every time, like he wasn't fighting, <laughs> he was just eating. Um, and um, what was cool, again, Lila was the name of that character. I had to look it up. A um, uh, Diego's girlfriend, uh, who uh-huh. is also one of these, um, not really a Hargrave sibling, but like, you know, uh, one of the people with the powers, but like her, the fact that she was using her copycat ability early on, and we just didn't realize it. Like when she was fighting Diego, she was using his ability against the uh, people shooting at them in the hallways.
0: Yeah, and um, that was a nice that was a nice little twist uh, when she was uh, yeah. fighting those cops in the basement. Because yeah. when I first saw it, I was just like, "Okay, come on, that's a stretch just just because you quote unquote your mom taught you how to fight, you're not just going to be able to dis- dismantle like disarm a guy with a gun." But then later you figure out, oh, because she's basically a, a super powered person too. Yeah, yeah. that would be super easy for her to do. And,
1: and then she was fighting five in the warehouse uh, when he was trying to get to the handler before she made the deal mm-hmm. with him. She was using his ability to teleport around. That's why when he teleported, she wasn't there anymore. But mm-hmm. we, they never showed us. They showed us off screen, which was cool for those secrets. I mean, the, I think there's a couple things a little on the nose. Um, what's her name? Um, the sis... Allison, um, she thankfully got her voice back after several mm-hmm. years. But, you know, being... Kind of on the nose of the um, the political protests. I thought that that's that very timely with with our world. I don't think they planned that because they filmed this last year. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, this is um, they didn't. I didn't feel like they got anywhere with that story, other than the fact her husband just didn't trust her at the end. Um, yeah, I was of kind that.
0: of I was kind of expecting since none of these characters are perfect, and and some levels are on some levels are all a little bit selfish i thought maybe she would have left her husband like a little bit of a little note just to kind of give give the african-american community in america like a fighting edge like maybe she would have wrote down maybe something that's going to happen in history that they can look out for so like maybe theoretically Mm -hmm. when they make it back to 2019 you know uh the civil rights movement has progressed even further than it normally would have that would have been kind of cool to give a little bit of an edge there
1: and, and you know we, we could find that in the next season if they yeah. decide to unveil that a little bit more. But also, I think she used her and um, Luther used their powers the least mm. out of everyone in this season, uh, which is you know I know she has reservations against it, but I felt that was kind of you know what 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 good can she do if if no one can hear her? <laughs> uh, I I feel bad. Um, and then you know the uh, the loss of uh, Ghost Ben, who who now can who could possess people this season, which was really fun to see him doing that in Klaus's body.
0: Yeah, the, um, the Ghost season. Ben situation, I, it seems like it's definitely going to tie into the third season because they never showed us the other members of the Sparrow Academy because right. they're all in shadow. But Ben specifically says, hey, who the hell are these people?
1: Yeah, he, he is As, the one in there.
0: So it seems like they're not familiar to him. So I'm guessing that the the other members of the Sparrow Academy up on that catwalk aren't the same cast members. It's not like they're going to yeah. have like evil twins, right? In
1: 2019. Right. Uh, so probably I'm guessing... someone, some other kid, because there were 43 kids born, right? So he probably got other ones instead.
0: Yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe the father specifically decided to do the same plan of, I'm going to get these super-powered people, but I'm going to go out of my way to avoid the people that visited me mm-hmm. in the 60s, and I'm going to pick different people. And since he never met Ben, he never saw him, that's why Ben ben is still part of the group because he didn't know to avoid that character mm-hmm. um so that'll be cool i like the idea of like adding more super powered people there i'm assuming they're all going to have different unique abilities and uh I, I it's it's nice to have the father around because you do ne- you need a foil you need like a villain and the father is a really good villain because he's just such a piece of shit you know like yeah. he doesn't care about anybody or anything and even we see some flashbacks of phi of is, is number... No, who's the funeral? Is that number seven? Is that Ben?
1: Um,
0: um I think he's number... No, number seven's uh, Vanya. Maybe he's yeah, like no, six. I think, I
1: think he's six because, yeah, he's right before. Yeah.
0: But when he died and they're having his funeral and they're all around his casket, like even the father's being a dick there. He's just like, you, you should have done better and he wouldn't have died. So it seems like he's going to be the real foil in season three that they have to work against with their daddy issues yeah. and everything. and um it was cool uh, the one last thing I'll say uh, I liked yeah. how things ramped up in the last two episodes because I thought the big conclusion was gonna be around uh, JFK and his possible or not assassination what's gonna happen there and then that kind of wraps up and ends and I'm just like oh what well, what are they gonna what's do in the left? second episode <laughs> and then they have this huge wave of these people with briefcases all across the lawn and then they all die and then they're just like mm. oh we need a briefcase and they're like well pick pick whatever one you want everyone's dead around me so yeah it's just a great conclusion i just loved i loved everything about the season i i feel yeah. like i could sit and talk about this for like another hour uh so i yeah. don't want to i don't want to belabor it uh, too much longer but man if you have netflix and you're not watching umbrella academy you're you're just you're I, making a huge mistake
1: <laughs> i don't have netflix and i watched umbrella academy and yeah. I, I i thoroughly enjoyed it i am i am excited to see the next season and, and kind of see what it is and I also again I think you know just to touch on that last battle showing Diego's abilities are actually bending things like um, physics is, is actually his ability in the comic books. Yeah, and to show that, <laughs> that was was a a fun reveal. Yeah, he's that not- was
0: that was very confusing at first. I was like, wait a minute, he stops bullets, and then, then I, when I thought about it, it's like, oh, I guess he kind of just more has like command over projectiles in yes. general. So, yeah, because that's how he what, does his knife thing. But bullets would be in that mm-hmm. wheelhouse. So. I- that is kind of jarring if you don't kind of think about it in a broader sense. Past yeah. knives,
1: and, and that's that's the only thing he can't do in the the TV show that he does in the comic books is he can hold his breath indefinitely as well. Oh, okay, um, and that's why his his name is the Kraken in, in in the comic books. Mm. But I'm very, I mean, this was a this was a great time. I had a really good time, you know, binging it and watching it. And um, I will tell you, uh, the thing I saw before it actually was the intro where Fives jumps back to sixty three, and that intro. Where they show all the the siblings using all their powers against Russia, mm-hmm. I was really hoping to see something like that against the um, actually the the briefcase people.
0: Oh, um, gotcha.
1: Be, because I, rather than Vanya just wiping them all out, I was like, man, I really want to see them all just go all out, like like a true you know force of nature, like the true Umbrella Academy. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very very good show. I'd I'd recommend that highly. So, on that note, we're going to switch over back to uh, what we were going to talk about. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the final episode of the series, has a two hour uh, finale this week on Wednesday.
0: Uh Yeah, I kind of forgot about this until I saw I think Clark Gregg like retweeted some sort of promo video. Mm -hmm. I think what I'll do is I think I am going to tune in for this series finale kind of out of context of everything that's happened just so I can kind of see how emotionally all the characters wrap up. And also, it's just kind of fun when you haven't tuned into a show for a while, you kind of get to see what people are up to now like, oh, wow, I can't believe this person. You know, lost their arm and now they have robot arms, which I feel like happens in this show quite a bit. Uh, so it'll yeah. uh, th- be fun to see what happens.
1: Right? How do, how do they? T- I mean, they 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 ended the show what two seasons ago, and that's all, you know the last time I watched. Whenever you know, they sent um, Colson off to, to to spend his final days in Tahiti. So how do they wrap up the show again? Um, with all the, now this season had time travel, uh, and you know um, space travel, and, and even I think everyone has abilities at this point through through some some sort of uh, factors, so I, I think uh, I, I do. I'd like to watch it, but I'm probably gonna read more about the finale before I get to watch it. Sadly, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this show to yeah. see how they finally got it because this show started so slow and so rough in like 2013 um, that you know I was uh, I was not expecting it to make it yeah. seven yeah. full years.
0: Well, it's like the the Jeff Loeb domino dominoes are finally starting to uh, fall because after this we just need Hellstrom. Hitmonkey and Modoc, oh, right? right? Those are the yeah. last three uh, low projects.
1: Yeah, and I don't even know how much he, effect he has on those animated ones anymore because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I believe, you know, animation can be redone, so they may have some more input from other people at that point. But um, yeah, Hellstrom is is still moving forward. We'll, we'll see later. Uh, but on that note, uh, in the Marvel Captain Marvel 2 has found its director um, mm-hmm. with um, Nia DaCosta, um, the previous two directors. I forget their names. There's two of them. Um, original Captain Marvel said they, you know, they're not coming back for it. I don't think it was bad blood. I just think they wanted a different project. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Nia DeCosta is doing the uh, upcoming Candyman remake um, movie, um, which was supposed to be out this year, but they delayed it. Are you familiar with Candyman?
0: Yeah, I saw the trailer for the new Candyman movie, and they also made a really cool artistic, like theater kind of paper puppet trailer that had a very kind of cool, like uh, creepy vibe to it. And uh so everything about the Candyman film looks pretty cool. I think it's Jordan Peele like produced or if not he is probably really into it because I think I saw him tweet about it so I would assume maybe he has some hand in the film the Monkey Paul Productions Mm -hmm. um, which is his his company Uh, so I'm excited to see it Uh, so it must be good enough subversive enough or uh, it must have some sort of director's lens on it if uh, this director is now being picked up by Marvel like this is a very classic move from Marvel right you know picking up these kind of horror thriller directors uh right so uh that makes me excited but also i think i'm excited to see a new director come in for captain marvel 2 because in my opinion the first captain marvel you know it's kind of on par with you know doctor strange and some of these other uh origin movies where you know they kind of start out kind of weak but you really want to see the character develop into something a little bit more so i feel like this will be nice to bring in kind of some fresh eyes on the character
1: yeah and and they're really again marvel is being very i think uh whether proactively or not, uh, diverse in their their hiring for these movies going forward. Um, with with uh, being, I think, I mean, the articles, I mean, all the articles I saw first were like she's the first Black woman to direct a Marvel film, and I'm like, well, that shouldn't really determine her ability. Um, but you know, so I mean, her her filmography, she's a relatively new director, but you know, she um, did work on Candyman, which is awesome, and then also you know being picked for you know Captain Marvel two is great, and I think that's going to tie into probably um what the um the character her best friend from the the 90s uh, her daughter being Oh uh, yeah up.
0: yeah yeah she's supposed to have more of a more of a prominent
1: role in the second film right Yeah yeah and I think also supposed to be in WandaVision a little bit as well so um, Oh yeah WandaVision yeah she so, was in that. So I think, you know, uh, making that maybe more, and more of the focal point rather than aliens um, could be something <laughs> cool. But you never know with the secret, you know, we talked about Secret Invasion last week. Not Secret Wars, Mike. Secret Invasion. <laughs> I get um, confused, Chris. For, for Captain Marvel. We all secret everything in Marvel at this point. It, nothing's public. So uh, that's exciting for Captain Marvel, too. And, you know, they're, they're they're not slowing down their production, even though a lot of stuff isn't um, coming out right now. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about Disney Plus here for a little bit. A couple, couple things. The Marvel shows The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki and specifically Hawkeye are preparing to film in Atlanta again soon. So, yeah um,
0: I can I can only assume that there's lots of covid protocols going on here um, mm-hmm. my wife has been uh, chatting and networking with a lot of people in the industry right now and uh, so she's chatted with some people that are just like yeah I had to quarantine in a hotel you know for two weeks and then I get to go back to work so uh, it doesn't seem like just Atlanta in general is opening up it seems like these Marvel movies have to move forward they are very very important for Disney. Because I think Disney, for the first time in, I don't even remember how many like years, something years, yeah, posted a quarter loss. Uh, at you know, not surprising. These are very unique times, uh, and yeah. Disney, pretty much all of Disney's uh, revenue comes from in-person uh, events theme parks and movies so uh, they're just like oh we're going to do everything possible that we can to get these movies back up and running again so everybody quarantine for two weeks you're going to be living at this studio for the next three months we're going to give you everything we need but there's no ins and outs (laughs) you know it's kind of like when you go to a club Uh, no ins and outs you got to stay in here you got to as soon as you're gone you can't come back so I'm excited to see things uh, kick back up again because uh, the MCU is a finely crafted timeline of stories and it's Seems like we they're worried about airing these things out of place
1: yeah and and, and honestly you know again I, I just as as a whole I mean I, I hate that you know I, I want them to take the precautions and you know there are, you can't people who have need those jobs what do you do with them you know I, I feel I feel bad but like hopefully they are taking precautions and these are safe places for people to, to work yeah well and, I, but, I mean they're
0: they're lucky because I mean movie sets are kind of very uh, isolated pods to begin with especially a Marvel film, because you don't want any spoilers leaking. You can't have people on set taking pictures that aren't supposed to be there. You know, uh, un- you know. fortunately, they're not anything like a public school where yeah. kids go con- congregate and then they go back home and then they go all over the place. They go to grocery stores. So uh, I think we're kind of lucky the way movies are produced right now that taking the right precautions, hopefully everyone can be safe.
1: Yeah, and, and I think the biggest thing here is Hawkeye preparing to film soon. So that means we, we'll probably get some – I imagine we're going to have a Disney uh, Plus or a Marvel um, event soon where we get, like, possibly maybe the first trailer for um, oh, The please, uh, please. You know, some announcements for Hawkeye. Maybe our first trailers, uh, you know, I guess I guess second trailer since Super Bowl for Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And possibly our first like, look. I'm, I'm excited to see a lot of this stuff. So hopefully we get something very soon. Um, I and mean, we'll talk about the fandom here in a minute for that. Also on Disney+, Plus, The Mandalorian is the most in-demand original series across streaming new streaming services this year. I mean, um, I'm, not,
0: I'm not surprised. <laughs>
1: almost a year later, still is the most in-demand series, which is great. Um, and the Season 2 trailer I uh, could head our way this month, um, and they're still shooting for that October release. So based on last year's trailer, we could be getting a Mandalorian Season 2 trailer in yeah. August.
0: I got to imagine before the Mandalorian, the most in-demand thing was Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So people are looking for that like hyper premium streaming show right now.
1: Yeah, you know, what? What do you watch, and what are people talking about? What do you? What meme do you want to know before before the rest of the world? You know, yeah. shares it. So mm-hmm. um, that's what that's what it is. And then, lastly, Disney Plus as a service has reached their five-year global subscriber goal in only eight months. Uh,
0: I, I wonder what that what that would be if there wasn't a pandemic. I feel mm-hmm. like every streaming service right now is like uh, is in a boon time because everyone's home and they just want to watch stuff. Yeah. So uh, I bet that they would still be doing well without the pandemic, just because they're freaking Disney right. and. And they stuff would be coming out on time more now. So we would be watching some of these things and not just like talking about them being delayed already. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. Disney's a powerhouse.
1: Yeah, they're they're doing great. And, you know, honestly, you know, they're not they're adding new content for them every week this month or this summer that we talked about earlier in the year. Um, I think I was uh, my uh, my wife was watching X-Men one on it the other day. And then she's like, well, now I got to go watch X-Men two, but it's not on here yet. So I was like, "Well, I can hook you up with something." So, we um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's fun that, that you know you know, people are watching these new stuff that are dropping on there, even though it's not new for us. Uh, but speaking of X Men, the show is also on Disney Plus. The animated series producers have had a revival talk with Disney
0: every time yeah. i think of i just that just pops into my head i think somebody on twitter there was a big thread going around like what's the best song for like a, an intro to a tv show mm-hmm. and i didn't see anybody mention the x-men T V s the x-men animated series is like what are you people doing you, you need to really uh kind of clue yourself yeah. into
1: the best rock riff ever well you, you play that or you play the uh, spider-man one and people just know um, yes. the, the 90s, they, they had that. I'm not talking, we're not talking 80s gummy bears on Disney. We're, <laughs> we're, talk, we're talking X Men Spider Man. They, they had those rocking theme songs.
0: Well, wasn't the spider wasn't the Spider-Man theme song actually produced by like uh, Trent Reznor, or it was some like actual like rock star at the time? Like that's uh, like a yeah, the Spider-Man theme song is actually produced by like a professional uh, like a uh, rock person. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull <laughs> rock, it up rock, here, here. Rock person is the only way I can
1: describe Joe Perry, the lead guitarist and lead singer of or occasional lead singer of Aerosmith.
0: Yeah, that's what it was. I knew. I knew it was. Uh, I knew it was somebody that knew what they were doing. But yep. yeah, the the '90s was all about guitar opening up your hmm. cartoon well,
1: show. Are, are you talking about uh, Dragon Ball Z, Rock the Dragon? Oh um, my gosh, this is nostalgia right here. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is pure innocent. I don't need to watch the episodes. I just need if to we if
0: we were one if we were one of those like morning shock jock radio shows, we would have a soundboard with all of this stuff pre programmed, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to sing it into the microphone.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we well, don't have to. But hopefully, you guys got and listen to these songs very soon um i'm hope i'm really crossing my fingers mike that when marvel does an x-men movie they take that theme song and implement it in like a modern way oh, that, that'd that be s-
0: that would be so cool maybe it's like in the third act when all of the x-men come together and then yeah. that starts like playing in the background Ooh boy that'd yeah, make they, my skin bubble with they, goose
1: they, they have the ability they have the talent let's 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 see it happen mm-hmm. so the next topic is is going to be something we've talked about a little bit already here uh, um and and it's not just this movie as a whole but the idea as, as a whole is that Mulan will be in select theaters and then also a able to rent slash add to your Disney Plus account for $30 this fall and it on the same day and this is a brand new um new thing that we're seeing we talked a little bit about it last week right what, what was it um um was it premium video on demand we talked was it um Universal and Paramount, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you do not Universal and AMC theaters. So Disney's doing this with Mulan. Now, this is a great thing and a horrible thing at the same time. And, <laughs> and, and, and I think you know you agree. We we've talked about this in depth. So I think it's great for people like uh, myself, uh, maybe yourself, who don't want to go to the movie theaters right uh, at this time, but want to yeah. still watch a movie day and date. Really, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like, I I feel like I want to take people back to a moment where this was just post heyday, I want to say of TiVo when people were just recording live television still and then they were going back and watching it. And -hmm. then this new concept of video on demand happened where you could just watch your video whenever you wanted. You didn't have to record it. You could just hit a button and start playing. What a novel idea, Chris. Isn't that so funny? And then then that started to expand into kind of like these digital marketplaces like the iTunes store where like, oh. I can just rent my movies digitally. I can purchase them digitally. I don't have to go to Blockbuster anymore. If I have a halfway decent internet connection, I can just watch this stuff at home. How novel, how fun. So now I don't know when exactly the word premium had been added to POV. I feel like it's relatively new. it's
1: It's this year, mostly with the, um, advent. I think trolls world tour was the first one to do it.
0: Yeah, you know? so so now we have this whole concept of premium where we're not waiting for the videos to kind of come out you know, on DVD and then you also have the digital option. Now you're getting the ability to watch it sooner and it's like the, the, the soonness is increasing because at first it was kind of like uh, Bloodshot, right? At the beginning of the mm-hmm. year where it was in theaters for a couple of weeks and then you could rent it for what, $20 I think was the price point.
1: Yeah, I think you. Well, I think you buy it first, and then the rentals later. But yeah, you could buy it for twenty bucks if you didn't yeah. watch it in theaters.
0: So now the envelope has been pushed even further. Now we're day and date the movie is going to come out in theaters, and then you can just hop onto your digital marketplace and buy it for. For Mulan is going to be thirty bucks a pop which that's really pushing the envelope. I feel like the marketplace had kind of settled at $20 and then Disney was just like, "No, we're Disney. If you want to watch this literally the same day, $30 is the price point." And I'm really curious if the rest of the industry is going to run with the $30, right? Well, like when the next Fast and the Furious movie comes out, I know we'll be in a different world. We might not be in a lockdown anymore, but for for just a the theory's sake, if this Continued forward, would Fast and the Furious also feel like they could charge thirty dollars, you know, and not the twenty dollars for day and date?
1: So I think day and date will be thirty, will be higher than rentals, rentals and or not rentals, or first purchase options. Same day DVD came out, right? They price them the same price as DVDs, and that's the twenty dollar thing. So to move that up, they changed the dollar sign. Now thirty dollars may sound like a lot, but I guarantee you, if I went and watched this in theaters this summer. I would have spent well over thirty dollars for two people. If I get this on my Disney Plus account, I want to share this account with my parents. I've got two kids. You know, we share with my my in laws, whatever. This is a this is a steal for a movie. Like, I feel like this is, would make me want to buy this well, what more than if uh, you know it just came to iTunes because I don't share my iTunes. I share my Disney Plus account. So I think there's a benefit to you know thirty dollars is not a lot because you don't have to like we've talked about if you have kids which this movie is Disney movie right kids with targeted kids you're gonna pay $30 to own it watch as many times as you want and not like well, the yeah. movie theater. That,
0: that's where the biggest advantage of the price point come in is when you have kids. But I would slightly push back a little bit on when you say going to the theaters with at least two people, because you're going to have to factor in other things to your equation to kind of make that $30 uh, be a discount. Because for me, even out here in LA where the tickets are expensive, uh, the movie theater that we go to, uh, it's usually around like $12, $13 bucks a ticket. So for two tickets to go see Mulan, which I know this is all a moot point because we all know I'm not. Going to see Mulan anyway, Uh, but if I were to, I would be out, you know, possibly twenty four dollars, maybe twenty six dollars, to go see Mulan, and then you're gonna have to throw things in like gas and snacks to to get me to that thirty dollar price point. But you could also say at the same time, like, oh, you know, I could just stay home and eat the food that I have here for free. So I I do think you are correct that once you add a third person into the equation, a fourth person, it starts to become more of a value. But I think for me over here at home with just me and my wife, like, I am only dropping $30 if I'm absolutely certain I want to watch this movie. Like, if I'm on the fence in any sort of way, I'm not dropping 30 bucks.
1: Well, I guarantee you that this price will also go down. I mean, what what's what was the average, what, two months, three months to DVD mm-hmm. sales? Oh, yeah. So, as soon as DVDs hit, they'll drop it to 20. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just, like, you're paying for, like, the, the, the regular premium access. The This is, video on demand, I, I, I equate more with streaming, um, or, or, like, a, a cheaper, like, a $10 thing. So, I think you're going to see these go down as they happen. But, like, I think this is also, you know, again, a test case scenario. um. It- yeah, this is, a, this is like this is literally the first streaming service that I've seen to offer this. That you're like, well, this is new. What, what, what does will it work? Will it fail? Like, you know, Mulan's a risky business to take on because that's an expensive movie to make. Yeah, so, and I
0: mean, and I mean, th- and this is a totally unique situation where this might not even be a thing next year when people can go back to the movies uh, like normal. I think the biggest point of contention that I told you I had about this yeah. whole idea in general is. I like the purest idea of opening my Disney Plus and I can watch everything I see for free. I don't like the I don't like the slippery slope of opening up any streaming service out there and then I'm starting to be piecemeal charged for things. Now I know that this is a unique movie title you know this is coming out before everything else you know this wouldn't even normally be on a streaming service but i'm thinking down the road to where when netflix stops to get all of this stops getting all of this vc funding and they're basically pushing this machine forward and when the catalog stops growing and then they have to start, you know, collecting money in other avenues. You know, is is there a chance where Netflix in five years, I open it up, and if I want to watch, you know, like Extraction 4 starring like Chris Hemsworth, I if I want to watch it on day one, I got to pay $30. But if I wait like, you know, three more months, I can watch it for free. I just don't like this idea of transactions being inside of my streaming service now i know it kind of makes sense with disney plus where it's just like well where else are they going to sell it you know if i buy a disney movie on amazon it like like you said it would be cool if that disney movie that i bought on amazon or on youtube or wherever i buy it digitally folds into my disney plus catalog it, but i just don't like this idea of buy buttons being in my streaming well, services it, it, like it, i give them one monthly fa- fee and that's it <laughs>
1: well i think i mean i think this is the opportunity for them to do no one's done this right this is the this is the, the toes in the water. And then we build out this system because it is reactionary. This is not proactionary. This is reactionary. Because, um, I mean, you're familiar with the Movies Anywhere app, correct? Mm-hmm. So, like, it ties up your voodoo with your Disney, with your Amazon, with your iTunes. So you can watch them all anywhere. Um, and and that's, that's great. I think this this will probably tie into that. I don't think people, like, are going to do this, but, like, if you want to watch it day and date like, my like, oh, my kids are beating on the door, or, like, my wife's like, I really want to watch me a she's going to pay for it. But then, you know, in five months it'll be on there free anyway. So, it's like, we just pay for that early access, and it's like going to the theater. And I think, you know, I, I do feel $30 for me is nothing, because it's is what I would pay, because, again, I'm not going without food or drink, but also, you know, we, you know me, I'm a premium guy, I'm going to pick my seats and go to the IMAX theaters. So, does this mean, like, In two months, will Black Widow do this if this proves to be a moneymaker? Like, is that what we wanted that we talked about last week and this is how we have to do it for now because they're, they're trying to build this idea out, not necessarily... Yeah I um, I I think, I think it's I
0: think it's safe to say that you and me both would prefer to watch our Marvel movies in a movie theater yeah. even with the theoretical chance of running into really poor theater guests you know yeah. we do the best we can to pick movie screenings that hopefully we won't run into those people but if Black Widow needs to come out in order for these streaming ser- in, in order for these streaming shows to fit in with the MCU timeline like there's reveals well, in Black Widow that you know are going to be spoiled you know if we watch you know uh, Uh, any other show. If we watch Falcon and the winter soldier beforehand. So if black widow just needs to be out there in the world, uh, you know, so be it. Uh, And that black widow is a film that I would pay that premium for because I'm absolutely certain I need to see that movie, you know,
1: but, but I also think that maybe it's not the timeline, but like, you know, you just mentioned earlier at the top of this, Disney's reported their first loss in 20 years. How do we ensure Disney? I mean, I don't think, you know, in the future, they're going to tank They're a large company. They have all this other income options, but how do they keep themselves, you know, afloat for some of this stuff and show, you know, hey, we're still making money. Is it because we put Platterwood, not because it's other Marvel movie, other things happening. They might not even be done filming by this point. But, you know, like, hey, we got to make money. We need to come up with an idea and this is what they're doing. Um, is it, how I feel it is more more so than, well, we got to keep the timeline for Marvel right. Because, like, you know, we're going to we'll hit a year and a half with no Marvel movie, no Marvel content, Mike. With this lands and that's a, that's a drought. If yeah. I ever heard of one.
0: Yeah, you you brought up a good point where this uh, this news dropped uh, during like an investors call. So because yeah. we're in a we're at the end of a quarterly earning, so it makes sense that the next call we might be hearing news from Black Widow, which what would be the end yeah. of September,
1: right? Um yeah. um, yeah, maybe yeah, end of September, early October, depending on when they actually have yeah. the call.
0: So we might be we might be hearing some Black Widow news about this, uh, mm-hmm. possibly PVOD release uh, in probably about six or seven weeks.
1: Yeah, I can see this being something they, they implement for you know, the next 12 months um, if they have the content now, if they don't have content to release. And I think they do. I mean, they own all the Fox – there's a bunch of movies that were delayed. If they want to get them out there, I think this is – because, again, also just to say these are going to theaters as well. If you want to brave the theater, that is your choice. But I don't think there's going to be any monetary... Um, gained from the theaters as much as yeah. they, they've had before. We,
0: we did get some confirmation over the weekend from the director of New Mutants that said, I would love to see the movie released in any form because I want people to see it, but he specifically said that there was contractual obligations yeah. for New Mutants to hit theaters. So, maybe New Mutants could go this same route, you know, where it's in theaters for just a couple weeks, yeah. comes out VOD, but I technically, New Mutants does need to debut in a theater, so we know yeah. that for certain now.
1: Well, and if it goes to PVOD, I I mean uh, like this you know it may not be on disney plus but like uh, an early a premium price right for mm-hmm. for watching it early and they take that money and give it to the people they need to pay for the contract that's, that's one way to make some money i think Uh-oh. i think new mutants has an opportunity to make a lot of money and and we've been underselling it for a while so i'm, I'm hoping knock on wood for some good stuff there <laughs> uh, moving on i've spent uh, a couple hours uh the past a couple days playing marvel's the avengers on my playstation 4 mike uh, in the beta, it came out. If you've pre-ordered it, you have access right now. Um, if you did not pre-order it, PlayStation will have open access to this Friday, Mike. Uh, you might be able to go ahead and pre-download it already if you go to the, hmm. the store. Um, and they opened up, It was supposed to open up 9 p.m. on Friday. They opened it up a little earlier on Friday, so I was able to put in a couple hours Friday, a couple hours last night, and a couple hours today. Um, this is a lot of content. Uh, there are... Le- some of those levels take like an hour to play through in this beta. And there's only like uh, one the a day level which is really fun which I they, they cut some stuff short to, to make it for time but to play is every Avengers great playing as a Kamala and Hulk for two levels those are very long levels. Um, you have it takes a little bit to get used to the characters then it opens up the um, the the simulations and the, and the the harm rooms and um, they are this game is really really fun Mike I'm gonna be honest with you I'm having a great time playing this game. In playing these characters. Uh, I've, I've got a chance to sample, again, Kamala and Hulk and their levels, uh, but I also um, took Iron Man for a spin last night um, who has the ability to shoot, uh, go between, like, rockets and, like, repulsors, and then Black Widow today um, who is very fast, agile, and has some really, really powerful attacks, and she has uh, different guns you can upgrade in her tree, and, you know, there's only one tree to upgrade, but, like, there's a lot to do in this game, Mike, and I am very... I'm impressed with how they're able to to make these characters feel like the Avengers. Um, yeah, I mean that's good.
0: I mean, that's good to hear. People were, I think, cautiously uh, optimistic about the yeah. game when uh, some of the gameplay uh, was coming out. But, uh, yeah, yeah, like I've said before, you were going to be my barom- barometer on this game. If uh, if Chris, who has basically uh, completed every mission in every Marvel LEGO game and played all the Ultimate Alliance games, if he is pleased by this game, I feel like that's a good sign.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, if you love Ultimate Alliance, this is like a very high-def Ultimate Alliance. You have four characters in a level, right? You have your skill trees and, and your your... Your costumes—it's very much so without the being compiled together. But this game is beautiful. The, the enemies are, are fun to fight against. Um, I—they're still learning stuff in this. I sent you a video. Apparently, as Iron Man, um, your ultimate is the Hulkbuster, right? Well, mm-hmm. you can give the Hulkbuster to an actual another character on your party. You don't have to put it on yourself, and then That's still buff really cool. everybody. Which I was. So there's little secrets, and there's a secret level in the beta, Mike, that's like a pretty much a, a large winter level, which took me an hour to beat, um, full of just treasure chests and enemies to fight to level up and get better gear. Um, and you can only find it by... And I'll tell people, is there's one called Stark Realities. Go do all the side missions on it in that level before you finish it, and then you will um, more than likely get the coordinates to this hidden Snow Tundra level, which I played. Um, so, like, there's so many things in this game that are just teasing us and i am having a good time. I will also they have um i think what is similar to a battle pass uh for characters where you complete daily missions or weekly missions and then you can tier up and get more free skins and free um free unlocks for the characters and, and more coinage if you will. But they they give you a bunch in it. You don't have to spend any money in the beta to to get that. So i i mean if you get a chance Mike, I this, this coming weekend I, I you should download it and give it a try and we can play together. Yeah, um, well, I mean,
0: obviously I'm not going anywhere anytime soon, so I've yeah, got the time.
1: It's great for video games. Uh, the other thing is, the, um, I think probably the most butthurt I've seen video game players in a while, um, and probably rightfully so, um, and, and I use this term, is that Spider-Man is coming to this game. Oh, wow, yeah, <laughs> but, that was a little bit of news earlier this week, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, very, very vocal uh, news, but only on the PlayStation 4 version. He will not be on the, the PC, Stadia, or Xbox version. So if you have the PlayStation 4 and you're playing the Avengers, you will get Spider-Man for free and some other content. But that is it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, on, wow, what a,
0: what a kick in the crotch if you have an Xbox. Um, it, yeah. it does make me wonder if possibly there's going to be some sort of Soul caliber route that they go where, like, Xbox users are going to get Wolverine.
1: Yeah. But then at
0: the same time, I would be really upset because I have a PlayStation. It's so like, well, fucking Wolverine's awesome. I want to be Wolverine. I, I think they said so, there's
1: no other exclusives in the works. This was the one-off kind of thing. Yeah. Because right
0: now it seems a, it seems very one sided, which would make people yeah, very upset. And and, and
1: <laughs> I think it has to do with something with Sony owning Rocksteady or not Rocksteady, um, uh, the Insomniac. one who made, Insomniac, who made the mm. Spider Man game. I think it has something to do with that. Um, but I don't know what the hires up. I don't think the developers actively made a choice. that said we only want mm-hmm. Spider Man in the PlayStation Four game because they make the game at the same time for both consoles. So I guarantee you they were testing them on, on Xbox. They're like, because if you play, with, I mean you won't know on Xbox that you don't have him, but I mean on Playstation you'll be able to play with him. So I hope I hope he's fun. I hope he's good, but I'm I'm really kind of upset about last the last generation exclusive content kind of coming in here and, and swooping in on that. So um but yeah I, I really hope really hope you you try the beta with me next weekend, Mike. And anybody else I I, I tried to talk to other people who pre ordered and they were having a good time as well for that. So other than the the, the Marvel Avengers game, you know, we haven't had any other um other big game you know from from dc for a while until mm-hmm. Rocksteady has announced the suicide squad game is coming um and and they have given us our first teaser here on twitter mm-hmm. and um superman's in the sites here they he's are, in
0: the crosshairs
1: yes uh what is fun about this is Rocksteady made all the arkham games so this looks like it's a you have a squad a group of people probably you know everyone has different abilities but notice on that picture mike you have it pulled up Uh There's some red glow from Superman's eyes Either he's shooting lasers or he's possessed I'm gonna go with possessed (laughs) If you're not not just hunting heroes The Suicide Squad doesn't usually just hunt heroes, right? So, Uh um, I I think If they're going after, they're targeting Big heroes, especially Superman There's gotta be a reason
0: Yeah, I mean I I don't think this necessarily confirms That this is gonna be tied into James Gunn's Suicide Squad, but I I think this is, is I think this is DC going We have James Gunn uh, who created the guardians for the MCU making us a suicide squad movie we need to basically synergize with this create a game and i mean this is a rock city game like that's a big deal like the rock city batman games were like genre defining for batman yeah. so the fact that they're doing this treatment for the suicide squad and there's a new film coming out is just going the Synergy. i think this confirms that i think this confirms Warner Brothers knows it has something good with that film coming out mm-hmm. and uh, I, this is pretty cool like there's never, has there literally ever been a Suicide Squad video game? Like, this is, oh, I this have, is a big deal. I, I
1: don't think so at all. And, and honestly, again, I think, I don't think it'll, I think, like, Arkham didn't really follow Batman Begins. I think it'll be its own take. But, like you said, you know, the name, the synergy between it is going to be awesome. I think they'll have the characters, they'll probably have the skins from the movie from those characters. You know, I, I, this is, this is a, a really fun take. And, um, they're going to be doing more reveals on August 22nd, which, um, I think is is some sort of DC event maybe that that week. I don't know, um, but I mean I I think this is uh this is gonna be fun. I, I'm really excited to kind of see the gameplay. How how does it even play? What do you do when you know super, you're after Superman and you're just you know a bunch of C-list villains, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, August 22nd is the date for DC Fandome, and I'm kind of playing that down a little bit. But yeah, so Fandome looks to be one of the biggest um, DC events I've ever seen um and I I don't I, there are there are people confirmed to be guests Dwayne the Rock Johnson you know Robert Pattinson Ezra Miller there are 300 guests announced for this thing they are not holding back for fandom at all um and I, that is just that's mind-blowing to me that this is a comic con in and of itself for DC. and yeah then-
0: it 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 makes you kind of wonder that if Comic-Con would have happened this year, would would this all have been programmed across the weekend at Comic-Con, like throughout Hall Hall H and the bigger ballrooms? Mm -hmm. Or did Warner Brothers come to the conclusion that it's been so long since we've had any big announcement or any big reveals or any big panels? You know, we're kind of at the teetering point of kind of all of this fresh new wave of DC stuff coming out that we need our own kind of... um, uh, what, what does Disney call their event again? Uh, um, D D21? D23. D 21 D D 23. Yeah. Like, is this Warner brothers creating a D 23 or, you know, is this more reactionary to the times either way, no matter what it is, I agree. I am very excited because I love reveals. I love like, uh, I love, yeah. like a, I, lo- I love big announcements, um, DC's always been good at big announcements, whether the product, you know, ends up being subpar. If you watch the announcement, you can go to YouTube right now, watch the announcement at Comic-Con for the Batman vs. Superman movie. Wow, you can feel the chills in the room coming through your monitor mm. at you. So, Oh, I remember I the don't...
1: leaks for the, the that trailer, like the, the only showed there. <coughs> I remember mm-hmm. that. That was so fun. And yeah, we even so there. I... I
0: yeah, so I think this will be a great fun time. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see some of that uh, uh, Suicide Squad well, video game uh, at this. Well,
1: they they said that the August twenty second there will be more reveals, so there will be some of the, the mm-hmm. thing. I imagine like a cinematic more than anything, but also mm-hmm. in that terms of Suicide Squad, James Gunn, Ra- um, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, Alice Braga, John Cena, Jake Courtney, Nathan Filling, David Pete Davidson, all going to be in this thing. So I think we're going to get a Suicide Squad footage or trailer. Yeah.
0: Um, I think there's there's no way that we don't get at least one trailer. It would be yeah. asinine to have this uh, have this event without any sort of like debut, uh, a teaser trailer or something like well, that. So hopefully the we get more than one trailer and not just yeah. a bunch of like uh, logo title reveals.
1: <laughs> well, Wonder Woman eighty four is still coming out in October, um, so I think I imagine uh, maybe a final trailer for that, or maybe another release date announcement. I don't know. Maybe that it goes premium video on demand um so they're that and then also um the big thing is this the the one we shared here um dwayne johnson shows uh that he will be there as black adam it looks like they have some photos of him in an outfit that they're going to show us um with this tease here at the end of this video did you, did you happen to watch it yeah you there? get
0: what is it it's just like him silhouetted really yeah uh, so i, I, I imagine shot, right?
1: gonna, i imagine there's going to be some sort of uh reveal with him like the real photo maybe the outfit. Um, the actor Noah Centino, is also going to be there so um there's, there's an opportunity here for a lot of good stuff to to come out of this um yeah here
0: at superhero slate we do have the capacity to be
1: excited about DC and we are oh. excited right now so be happy very very <laughs> much so very much so and and, and uh you know we'll just let's we'll keep playing it by ear as we as we get closer that's that's in like what uh 3 weeks 2 weeks from well, yeah, now yeah 3
0: yeah 3 3 weeks. open up the calendar here that would be uh not not this Saturday, but the
1: next Saturday So in two Saturdays, we'll have all Saturday And be able to come in Sunday with some news for you Report that yeah. And then also I think we're going to get some of the Zack Snyder's Justice League there I think they said like the first official video is going to be there And in that case, mm-hmm. he's uh, over on Vero doing his thing Showing us the first look of his Steppenwolf design uh, A low res version It looks like while he's editing here um, Looks cool, I guess
0: yeah, it, it looks kind of like uh, the Steppenwolf that we got in the uh, in the movie, but like the the smoothing slider has been like turned down. There's a mm-hmm. lot more jagged edges on him. It looks it looks much more similar to the Steppenwolf that we saw in that um, Batman vs Superman. Was but that was technically not in the film debut, right? That was like in the bonus credit scene yes. on the DVD, but it was still considered canon or something i don't even well, know it's yeah. hard to keep track of, it's hard to keep track of this uh, Snyderverse right now but um, um i w- i will agree that one of the problems with justice league was the visual component of um of steppenwolf there was other problems with steppenwolf like his characters and his motivations <laughs> and whatnot but legitimately one of his problems was his design and i think this is an improvement so i will give it that
1: yeah I, I i agree i think i think it looks good i think it also um you know i think you know his body is he's not wearing armor he's not an armored gray person this looks like it's part of his actual body physique so making him look more alien um uh-huh. which which is cool i think you know that final effect we got in the end of batman v superman was pretty good so hopefully you know this this ties in. i don't think this is worth a whole different version uh just changing the look of steppenwolf but um maybe <laughs> you, know, it, you know it will be visually different enough that you know it feels like a different character if um, there's more to him that we didn't see. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's fine. And then thank you, Zack Snyder, on Vero for showing us more.
0: Oh, uh, the, Vero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one of the other things I think we'll get at um, uh, Fandom is a, a Batman teaser trailer. I think they have um, – I think they recently maybe classified one in England. So uh, we may be getting one very, very shortly for Fandom. But I think the biggest news out of the Batman um, today is that Zoe Kravitz – uh we could potentially get a catwoman spin-off on HBO Max a series. Yeah.
0: That's sure. uh I mean, I suppose that's good news for Zoe Kravitz because the other Zoe Kravitz news this week that she had a kind of reboot of the film High Fidelity that was yep. turned into a series for HBO and that was canceled after one Hulu. season. Uh, Hulu. Yeah, sorry, Hulu. Uh, what did I say? You HBO, said HBO. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it was on Hulu. I don't know if just people weren't watching it, but I heard critically that it was pretty good. So it seems like it's as great that she can move on to uh, other bigger things because I would arguably say that a Catwoman show on HBO Max would probably be more exposure than High Fidelity. Uh, But uh, here we go. Another spinoff of the Batman. So we're going to have Gotham PD and possibly Catwoman. And is Batman going to be in any of these?
1: (laughs) Well, I think Catwoman as a show is more exciting to me than Catwoman as a movie. Um, If you give them the choice, do you want to watch a Catwoman movie or a Catwoman show? I'm going to tell you, give me the show.
0: And also a Catwoman show is more interesting to me than a Gotham PD show. So Mm -hmm. this is definitely improvement over the news that we talked about the other week.
1: (laughs) So maybe, maybe, I don't think they'll, maybe they won't mix then. Hopefully it's not, hopefully it's not Catwoman will be on Gotham PD because she's just stealing diamonds the whole time or something. I don't don't know. doesn't sound I mean, I'm,
0: I'm, I always dig heists. Heist stuff is always fun. I'll have to admit, I've never read a standalone Catwoman comic, so I don't really know what her energy is like when she's not around Batman, but this is this i i would say this is a good area to mine for a series for sure and it's always it's always it's good to see that it's attached to the batman series because if they were making a Catwoman show more off of the arrowverse i would be i would be more worried because i feel like since it's connected to the batman there's a lot more money flowing into the show than if it was like a kind of like one of those cw roots
1: Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and and you'll be able to to, to have a little more, f- maybe look just like the movie, but you know, be a, be a TV show. Keep the same film style, if you will. Uh, were you also able to catch the uh, Ryan Reynolds cut of Green Lantern that he shared earlier this week? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm looking at at this uh, video right now. Obviously, it's uh, muted because I'm listening to you right now. But Mm -hmm. uh, what's going on here, Chris? (laughs) So
1: so essentially, he just shared uh, the secret. uh, He just cuts some of the weirdest stuff out of Green Lantern. He uses the intro to or the ending of Deadpool where he's reading the Green Lantern script and shoots himself. And they made this weird cut of stuff. That makes no uh, sense was that to Tom, was that
0: was that Tom Cruise's face briefly at the end with the with the weird version of his mask? Yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. was. <laughs> yeah,
1: the, the, he, he's he's doing some some weird CGI. I think he's just taking stuff offline and then showing him with the the Justice League. It's flying off. It's he the dumbest he's thing just the world, he's having ha- fun he's
0: having it. a go- he's having a goof.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is. He's ha- I mean, he, he, he's, I imagine some fan made it, sent it to him, and he's like, can I post this, and then yeah, that's, what, that's what came out. So it's he's having a good time with it. That's that's what matters. We need something funny every once in a while. But on the other side of that coin, I wanted to talk about John Wick. Uh, chapter uh, 4 is uh, supposed to be Memorial Day weekend 2022, but uh, on an investor's call, they confirmed Chapter 5 will also shoot back-to-back with it um, to really you know, hone in on uh, Keanu Reeves' uh, tight schedule there. keeping the Yeah, wire well- Before he does another Bill and Ted movie.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I suppose that's a uh, good news just because like 2022 seems like so long. Like I want more John Wick, you know, I want it now. So, you know, usually now means 2021. So it's a bummer we're not going to get anything next year. But, you know, maybe if we get John Wick 4, 2022, and then John Wick 5, 2023, uh, maybe they're signaling that Chapter 5 will be the last of Keanu Reeves. I would not be very surprised that the John Wick universe continues. I think there's a really strong indication that it's going to continue, there, like on TV HBO show. and her series. Yeah. A TV
1: show based on the, the hotel. Oh. Yeah,
0: but oh, I gosh. but I am curi- but I I am curious if the universe will continue in films though yeah. after Reeves. You know, are they going to do? Uh, I, the, hopefully, they don't do this, but uh, you know, the same quality. But like, are they going to br- are they going to Jeremy Renner it like Born Identity yeah, and bring born, somebody does, in. Like, it, I'm Like <laughs> they don't do the Born thing because they'll have to bring him yeah. back
1: again, and it won't be as good. Um, you know, and, you know, just like what was it James Bond set up Halle Berry for a spinoff, and then you know John Wick Chapter Three set. Up, Halle Berry for a spinoff, and they're like, nah, we're not going to do it." Um, yeah. I, I think five. I mean, no one expected John Wick to get more than three. I thought a trilogy would be nice. So have, him having five would be interesting. Um, a nice, you know, five set of movies. But I could see them doing something, you know, down the road. John Wick uh, was it the Lawrence Fishburne's character, the the Pigeon King or something, mm-hmm. the, the King of yeah. the Garbage it- People.
0: It seems like uh, Keanu Reeves is a relatively intelligent person when it comes to navigating Hollywood. So I would, I'm would, i just going to trust that Neil's what he's doing. And uh, John Wick, he's thinking, deserves five chapters. So I'm yeah. on board.
1: Yeah, if, if they can get him and he's willing to do it and they're, they're writing content for it it's, that's good and keeps it going, uh, I'm, I'm down for it. Those those, those fight scenes choreographed so superb. So oh, they're so good. So good. Yeah, when I was on, the, when I had my week off there out of town, I actually watched, I watched most of the first one again. Um, and my favorite thing, my favorite thing about that is whenever they're like um, the guy who, who was in Grant, uh, that Game of Thrones mm-hmm. kid and he's like, he killed John Wick's dog. Uh, and then he like everyone's just terrified of John Wick. It was awesome. And I, I really think they need to bring that back. The myth of John Wick, not the, mm-hmm. the movie, like the two movies that are set like a day apart where he's. <laughs>
0: yeah well well the myth could grow even more here because well i don't want to spoil if nobody's got around to john wick mm-hmm. but you know yeah. it seems like there is going to be a bit of a time period between chapter three and chapter four where john wick's not in play not on the table so if he kind of comes back in chapter four i'd be like whoa he's back we didn't know yeah. you. you're back again <laughs> yeah
1: and he made some oh. deals in that last one that are uh, they're gonna come back into play later i guarantee you mm. so We'll we'll see how that goes. I'm excited for more John Wick. Yeah, you know, can't go wrong. Counter Reeves. It, we're in the the, the countessance, Mike. We said it mm-hmm. all the time. We'll see how this Bill and Ted movie goes. Uh, lastly, you going to talk a little bit about this um, Super World um, movie uh, coming up, uh, directed by Jason Bateman, uh, which is about a world full of super powered people and no and and like a man who does not have a superpower, um, and it's based on a recent novel. Um, so I was able to to bring up the, the the description here of it's a movie that's set in 2038 focuses on Ignatius Loman, uh, the aforementioned man without any sort of special abilities. Uh, his father's one of the most powerful people on the planet. And, um, he finally gets a chance to shine when the corporate overlord emerges with the ability to neutralize power. So I don't know what's going to happen in this, but Jason Bateman is, uh, He's doing. He got won a bunch of awards for Ozark or nominations for Ozark.
0: Is he is he starring in it or is he, he just he direct, directing it? He's directing. Gotcha. So. Yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb now. It looks like he's just starting to dip his toe into feature film directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like he's done a whopping like 10 episodes of Ozarks, uh, and then he's kind of done one off stuff. Oh, I guess it looks like he directed "Bad Words." Oh, I re- I never saw that, but that was and, a comedy film.
1: And the the writer with this, uh, who's adapting it with him, is um the guy who wrote "A uh, Game Night." which I think oh is Jason yeah Bateman.
0: yeah Game Night's great so uh Jason Bateman's definitely not a stranger to directing so uh, yeah. it's always kind of cool when actors make the jump to directing it seems like they have a they have a little extra edge that maybe a normal director wouldn't have but um yeah I guess this is just goes to show you that there's no such thing as superhero fatigue because they're still making the stuff yes. that's you know random one-off that's not connected to DC or Marvel yeah
1: um I, I was actually going to see I, I... Pulled this up, but it doesn't tell me where it's going to go. Is it straight to theaters? Is this a streaming service?
0: It does uh, feel streaming y, doesn't it? Like it, it feels like this is going to be like a Netflix film or something. It,
1: it's a new line. Um, no, the eight, nine, nine, nine. Warner Brothers picked it up. So there's no. Uh, so, so it'd probably be HBO Max if it's yep. streamed. And the, um, the the story is based on Super World. It just hit Audible as an audiobook this summer. So it was relatively new. Um, and it has tones similar to The Incredibles. So um i don't know, know. <laughs> I mean, sure that's fine let's see how this goes if, if they get back to making movies we can see what's going on but i mean yeah getting jason bateman super world sounds like a, a we're, we're as we talked about the top show umbrella academy we're in a world where non-traditional marvel or dc superhero properties are making waves and doing well so um this let's give it a chance we'll see how it goes Um, Mike, that's our show for this week. A little bit longer, but I mean, I think we had some really good topics in here. Hey,
0: we we stuffed an Umbrella Academy spoiler review into this, so enjoy it. It's like an extra meaty hamburger.
1: It is. It is. And it is getting late here for me. And speaking of hamburgers, I probably need to eat some dinner. So uh, we're going to wrap this up, Mike. People know what you're doing, what you're up to. Where can they find you at?
0: Oh, all they got to do is follow me at Mike Royer design on Instagram and Twitter. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you. Where can they find you?
1: Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N or Instagram, Valdan87. I'm going to look this up right now. I don't know what my PlayStation name is here. I know my Xbox name is Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. If you send me a request, you got to tell me who you are because I'm not just adding random people. Um, <laughs> I believe my, is my PlayStation name Valdan 1987 as well? Um, did I look up? It looks like it is. It's not telling me. Yeah, no, it's Vault 87 on on PlayStation as well. Add me if you want to play Avengers Beta over the next couple weeks. and if you've got it, let me know. I'm excited. Um, you can also have a comic guy Mike if people want to know where they can find us, where they can leave reviews or share us with other people. Where can they do all that at?
0: Well, much like Chris is always a click away from finding the information that he needs at any given moment, uh, you can find us at superhero slate.com It's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to check out all the crazy stuff that we talked about this week, uh, head on over to superhero slate.com. You get a nice little bulleted list, the rundown of this whole episode. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to Find podcasts like us. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and the gram. And you can get merch at superhero slate dot com slash store. We love hearing from you from you. We love it when you guys uh, reach out. We actually, I think we have a couple pending emails that were sent to us recently where some people are kind of putting together some of their own projects. I think somebody sent us like a short film that they were working on that was a, that was a superhero related and I kind of uh, previewed it uh, briefly. Um, Yeah, we should, uh, we should talk about those things on on the show next week. Uh, So let you guys know we're still, we always read the emails. We, 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 we read wherever you guys like to reach out. We love it. So um, uh, if you want to be super fans of the show, oh, you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy wear your mask wash your hands socially distance do all that jazz and we love you and we'll see you next week
1: yes we'll see you then thanks guys
0: all right thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe Hey, if I ever die from a serial killer, uh, you're you're okay to make jokes at my funeral because there's nothing gonna there's nothing gonna be worse uh, than uh, seeing somebody murdered like that. So uh, just poke fun at me, mm-hmm. you know. Hopefully, the serial killer kills me in a funny way. It'll make things a little yeah. bit easier. It,
1: it was, it's gonna be some serial killer called like the Hamburglar or something like completely.